Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diochis to Yazdegerd III. I'm Sariel, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Umberto, and my pronouns are he, him. So hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 42, the answer to life, the universe, and everything, <laughs> Frates Third. Good reference. I approve. And yeah, today we're going to be dealing with the son of Sinatruki's He of the Good Hat. Ah, yes. <laughs> and we'll see how he does. Does he do a good job with the empire that his father left him? Does he mess it all up and we fall into a different dark age? Who knows? Such a good hat that we gave him Shahan Shah. Yes. I mean, deservedly. It was very powerful, you know. So yeah, I guess we can start with a bit of a recap of Sinatruki's. So... We can get back into the flow of things, and then we can jump onto the Frati's train. So, Sinatruchis was born, like, a century earlier. Right. Before the Parthian Empire was a thing. And he was the son of Mithridates I. He would have liked to succeed early on, but things happened, and the throne passed through Mithridates II to his children. So Sinatruchis started a civil war, and it lasted for 15 years until he himself managed to take the throne, make himself king of kings. And at that point, Sinatruchis just decided to ignore the calls for help against the Romans from Armenia and Pontus and just enjoy being king Wait, and then so die peacefully. Just one thing. So, like, what happened for Mithridates I to not give his throne to his son? Well, that's sort of unclear. Nobody knows why, because... Frates succeeded Mithridates I. Yes, and he was Sinatruki's younger brother. I see. So we're not sure why he didn't succeed. But then after Frates died, it was an emergency. They needed an experienced person, so they went for Artabanus I. Yes. And then it went through his family, and it became his dynasty. So Sinatruki's was just skipped over because of emergency situations. Very, very strange that Mithridates I did not name Sinatrukas as his heir. So I wonder if he had a reason. I mean, it might be he just thought Frates was better suited to the throne and was the guy who should succeed. Yeah. And maybe he didn't have much trust in Sinatrukis. Maybe Sinatrukis was being a governor somewhere and was more valuable in that role than in another one. We're not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. So, yeah, it's kind of confusing, but... When all you have is coins, the answers you have are, eh, maybe, who knows? <laughs> That's the best we can do, folks. Sorry. Yep. But yeah, so today's episode is instead Frates Third, who is the nephew of the Frates we had like six kings ago and the son of Sinatruchis. Correct. We presume that he was born sometimes between 130 and 110 BC, so probably he followed his father during the first rebellions and the civil war with the support of the Sakas. And we also know this because Frates follows his father's tradition and also has a tiara with deer and horns on it. Ah. So the cool hat gets passed down for a generation. Yes, the cool hat is passed down and presumably also the sponsorship. <laughs> and we don't really hear much else about Frates as a prince, but all we know is that in the year 70... Sinatruchis dies, and Frates succeeds without much issue. He just becomes king of kings. Congratulations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at this point, Sinatruchis is either somewhere between 40 and 60 years old, depending on when he was born. So he's a mature person. Wait, you said Sinatruchis is in his, like, 60s? Frates. Oh, you said Sinatruchis. That's why I was like, this, is, oh, this okay, makes no, no sense. No, Frates is in his... 40s or 60s. When this... When he takes the throne. Yeah, happens. Because Sinatruchis was fairly old, like 80... Yeah, Sinatruchis was 85 yeah. or 87, I think, when he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember discussing this last episode. So I guess his own son might be like, my turn now? Yeah. Yeah. But like, he died peacefully-ish, like according to what we know... Yeah, he died without a civil war, at least, and he passed the throne to his son. Yeah. So, nice. Good job. But somebody else was also looking into what's happening here, because Mithridates of Pontus, who had been fighting the Romans and was refused by Sinatruchis, 
Yes. Now he's thinking, maybe Fratis can be convinced. He's a younger <laughs> I love man. That they keep asking. It's like the third king that they ask. Hey, do you want to yes. help us with the Romans, please? <laughs> please? Yeah. Because Mithridates is reasoning, Sinatruches was an old man who had achieved everything he wanted to achieve, so difficult to convince him to risk his empire in a war. Mm-hmm. But Phraates hasn't really achieved anything of his own. He just inherited the kingdom. A big victory would cement his legacy. Right. So maybe he can be convinced. Maybe he can plunge his kingdom into darkness and pain through a war. That is that not could like, also be. urgent. But yeah, good point. So this Mithridates of Pontus goes yes. to talk to Phraates, I assume? Yes, well, the going to talk is a bit complicated because at about this time, the war was going badly for Mithridates. Hmm. He had lost his kingdom and had escaped to his son-in-law, Tigranes, in Armenia. Oh. It's going to be a bit more difficult to get support <laughs> then if you're already losing. Yeah, exactly. But Tigranes and Mithridates together send a letter to Ephrates, and the letter says, listen, we're going to give back the 70 valleys that Tigranes took from Parthia. Also, we're going to give you a few minor kingdoms in the north of Mesopotamia, which are all currently part of the empire of Tigranes. Okay. So we're going to give up this land if you help us out. In exchange, the only thing that Ephrates would have to do is cut off the Roman supply lines. And isolate the invading army as much as he can so the coalition can destroy the Roman army when it's far away and isolated. Okay. And we actually have this letter in a fragment by Sallust. Oh. Yes. We have quote serial. <laughs> Finally. Can you feel the sources? information. <laughs> yes. Because in this letter, Mithridates is telling Phraates that the Romans have been conquering every kingdom they've met Oops. in their greed. <laughs> and they're going to be marching How east. How dare they? And they're going to continue marching east until they hit the ocean. The only dependent people in the Mediterranean are the Egyptians, and that's just because they keep paying the Romans. They are essentially being blackmailed for their own existence. Like, at this point, what's the difference if you're invaded and pay tax, or just pay tax anyway? Like, you know... Yeah, that's what Mithridates is saying. They're yeah. basically subjects anyway. And he also says... Listen, I know I failed a couple of times. I know I don't have my kingdom anymore, but that's just because I didn't have help. If we all join together, we can finally kick the Romans out and win this thing. And I will quote the closing remarks in translation. Mithridates tells Phraates, Do you not know that the Romans turned their arms in this direction only after the ocean had blocked their westward progress, that they have possessed nothing since the beginning of their existence except what they have stolen? Their home, their wives, their lands, their well, empire. Isn't that how conquest works? Like, now we're framing it as like nothing is theirs. They're just stealing our kingdoms, our land. And I'm like, but you did the same though. <laughs> but like, it's cheating when you're winning too much. Right. It's unfair. <laughs> Colonization is only good when I do it. Yeah, exactly. China gets very angry when they get colonized, but they don't get very angry about the times they colonized other people. Because it's not great when foreigners come with big ships and threaten your livelihoods. It's only good when you do it. I see. But Mithridates continues. Once vagabonds without fatherland, without parents, created to be the scourge of the whole world. Damn, Mithridates. No laws, human or divine, prevent them from seizing and destroying allies and friends those near them and those far off, weak or powerful, and from considering every government which does not serve them, especially monarchies, as their enemies. Especially monarchies. Listen, yes. Frates. So Frates is like, oh, oh no. The oh, Romans dear. clearly have no respect for anyone, and they're coming. Hmm. This also reminds me, despite being an older speech, of the speech that Tacitus puts into the mouth of the Scots, or the Picts at the time, where basically they say, to ravage, to murder, to destroy, to this the Romans give the lying name of empire, they create a desert and call that peace. Mm. Yeah. So, that's good. Although, since it's Roman writers yeah. telling us this, you can assume they probably had an idea of 
you know, they understood what was going on. But uh, it's interesting to see that, uh, that side of the coin. Of course. But at the same time, the Romans sent Frati's letters. We don't have those letters, unfortunately, but it looks like they had not better specified threats in case he decided to join Mithridates and Tigranes. And if instead he doesn't, he can be a friend of Rome. How about that, Phraates? Uh, wait, so Mithridates can be a friend of Rome? Or Phraates no, no, can be a friend Phraates. of Rome? Mithridates I... has to be destroyed. Yeah. A friend of Rome meaning, like, against Mithridates. Uh, again, we don't have the letter, but it's implied that as long as Frates sits this one out, he can become a friend of Rome, and hey, we can have a treaty of alliance, and we can... Rome will never attack you. Rome never betrays their friends. No, of course not. They always keep their promises. Well, what do you think Frates does? Do you think he follows his father's example? Does he do something else? I don't know how ambitious he is. Right? Because this is fully... He's a new king, just got the throne. Yeah, but like, how ambitious is he? Because this is fully, like, again, I guess the threat is inching ever closer, mm-hmm. but it would still be going into war for something that is not urgent, and it could end up really badly for us. Because war is bad. I <laughs> yeah repeated every episode but i mean it in the sense of like it's bad for your economy it's bad for like when your armies are occupied doing something that is not necessarily urgent and then something happens and then you can't really defend Mm -hmm. but i guess we're not in trouble right now like are there any there are no pressing internal yeah like is anybody rebelling against frati's taking the throne or like not that we know any yeah, any it people like in our borders. Or... the Empire is stable. Yeah. In the East, the nomads have been crushed by Mithridates yeah, II 50 years ago. And the only thing we have to concern ourselves really is what's happening in the West. I guess, yeah, I guess he will go for it. Well, Frates sends both sides the same letter. Oh, both sides? He says, of course we're going to support... <laughs> I see. <laughs> we are loyal friends of... <laughs> So, I look forward to your oh, answer, that is, love. That is Frati. smarter, actually. So he's like, oh, so this conflict is happening. We'll just make it lucrative for us. Yeah, he just says something that could be interpreted whatever way you want That's to so read sneaky. it. And says, this will be fine, whatever, my dudes. And I don't so care. Evil. Like, no honor, only gains. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He's more ambitious than I thought, actually. there we go and yeah so Tigranes and the Romans receive this letter and the Romans are less happy than the Armenians because the Roman general in charge of the east a man called Lucullus decided to attack Parthia because he thought well I'm almost done with the war I had so I might as well just take a bite out of Parthia (laughs) also my mandate is about to run out I better get something shiny to show up my triumph back home Okay, great. So Lucullus marches through Armenia, which he had defeated at the time, and he tries to aim for Parthia, but fortunately for Phraates, the Roman army at this point is tired of marching, and they said, hey, our war was with Pontus, and now we're in Armenia going towards Parthia? Yeah. Why are we doing three wars in a row? Can we go home now? Yeah. And yeah, the army just forced him to turn back, and Lucullus was like, okay, fine, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm sure nobody is happy to, like, continue to fight after the one conflict is over. Yeah, pretty much. Like, people do want to go back home, you know. That's kind of the deal. Yeah, especially since these are Romans and it's a citizen army. Yeah. This is the Republic. They're still expecting to go back to Italy for some nice land to cultivate. So, there we go. But then we get... But since the Roman army mutinied, Lucullus was recalled back to Rome, and supreme power was given to a new figure, which you may have heard of, Serial. Oh, I see. In 66 BC, control over all of the Eastern Mediterranean is handed to Pompey the Great. Oh yeah, I have heard of him. Do you know who he was? Uh, A Roman? Contemporary of Caesar? He was a consul of Rome! (laughs) <laughs> oh. 
that. That is all. Uh, thank you. So, yes. yes, there we go. <laughs> <coughs> uh, I'm dying. Bless Sorry. you. <coughs> so, yes, this is young Pompey, the bit they never tell you about. You usually only hear about him when he's old and fighting Caesar, but... This yeah. is when Pompey is young and oh. up and coming and earning the title the Great. I see. Oh, interesting. So there we go. And, well, Pompey's mandate was massive because the Republic told him, make peace in the East. You have all the power of the Republic behind you. Use whatever you need. Do whatever you want. You have full control. Damn. So that's a lot. Yeah. Is the other guy okay? Because, like, essentially his army mutinied, and then he was like, yeah, come back. You did badly. We're replacing you. You're fired. Lucullus is going to be bitter against Pompey for the rest of his life, because he thinks that Pompey stole all his glory. Nothing to do with the mutiny, or with him being a bad general. also, but Lucullus won the war against Pontus and Armenia. Right. And in comes Pompey and says, oh, I've solved it. I've signed the peace treaty, so that means I won the war. Oh. Look at my triumph. So oof. it's going to be bitter. Yeah, that's... Oof. Sorry, Lucullus. And Pompey basically arrives and just has to mop up things. He just obtains a peace treaty with the Armenians, with Pontus, and then he secures a treaty of friendship with Phraates. Also, he was in a pretty good point personally because Mithridates... And Tigranes were now in their 70s and Pompey was just 40 and hungry for power. So he manages to get a very good deal for himself. And we are part of that deal? We are on the edges of that deal. We are agreeing to be friends with Rome because clearly they won. But nothing more than that. They also won because we didn't help ever. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Who knows if we actually had helped, if that might have stopped the Romans, but... It might have been bad for us, though. So, you know. Yeah, who knows? It might have just destroyed the empire otherwise, and the Romans could have gone even further. But this is when something unexpected happens. Because Tigranes had a son called Tigranes the Younger. Right. And Tigranes the Younger rebelled against his father, trying to take the throne. But he was defeated. Who do you think Tigranes the Younger ran to? The Romans? Nope, our friend Phraates. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, we chose not to be enemies either. Like, we were just yeah, like, we're, we're like just gonna be making here vague noises. Play Switzerland. Yeah, pretty much. So Tigranes the Younger thinks, okay, the Parthians are going to support me because my father has to deal with the Romans, not with the Parthians. I, mm, I don't see the logic, but <laughs> go on. You will find out this is not a smart man. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm having flashbacks to Demetrius. It's fine. This is very Demetrius. Yes, very much. Literally the same thing. And yeah, so seizing the opportunity, Frates marries this young Tigranes to his own daughter. Mm-hmm. So that we have an alliance and puppets, maybe? Who knows? Puppets, maybe? <laughs> New <Yeah>. t shirt. <laughs> and at this point, Frates has some thinking to do, because he could just invade Armenia and put his new puppet king on the throne. Right. But does the Treaty of Friendship with Rome extend to Armenia as well? Since they are now sort of Roman subjects. It's a gray area. And we... Weren't we fighting them, or what? We were fighting them a while ago, now we were at peace for a bit. So it's... A bit messy and unclear, and... I mean, if we're friends with Rome, then we should be friends with Armenia, right? Like... Yeah. That is what the Romans thought. Phraates instead thought, well, the treaty says we are just friends with Rome. It says nothing about Armenia in here, so that's free ground. <laughs> I see. So Phraates invades Armenia, planning to place his young puppet king on the throne. Armenia, who was just like chilling on the side after we had been fighting them they'd just been defeated by the romans yeah. 
pretty severely. Okay, so saying, "Wait, what? Why is there? Wh- wh- where are you from? Why are you wait, here?" But then soon the Romans have Armenia, right? Like uh, the Romans have Armenia as a vassal kingdom, sort okay. of. But they didn't it's... like annex it. They were just like, no, "Okay, you didn't. pay us now." Yes, trust me, Armenia will not be annexed for the next five hundred years. Good, good for them. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to just keep surviving somehow. Just, this is such a ballsy move. I'm like, Fratis, yeah. what are you doing? He is trusting his abilities. So they've been beaten to a pulp by the Romans. And now we're like, yes. oh, but we're taking it, though. Because yeah. you, you, you didn't say... <laughs> ours now. You didn't claim it. Yes, you if you wanted Armenia, you should have put it in the treaty. That's yeah. it. This is how you make enemies with the romans though yeah like pretty immediately this is how you get trapped in a 600 year long death match uh-huh 700 year long death match well so tell me what happened well Frates marches into armenia with his new puppet king and things go well they defeat the few garrisons that the armenians had and they come to besiege the old armenian capital of artaxata mm-hmm but the siege is long. The sieges are. And it's taking a while. And it's in a valley in the mountains. Armenia is very difficult to get supplies through. Winter is coming. Uh, I thought this was going to be easier. You know what, Tigranes the Younger? You're on your own. We're no, going home. Dude, like, <laughs> now we have both angered the Romans and not gotten anything out of it. Yeah. Like, this is the worst scenario possible. Yeah. Do we just blame it on Tigranes? And we're like, oh, we didn't... We d- I didn't know he was here. I just, you know, he's just... Well, sort of. Because Tigranes the Great, at this point, just attacks his son and takes him prisoner. Right. And hooray, he has the kingdom. But now, guess where Tigranes the Younger escapes from jail to? To Rome? Yes. Of course. And Pompey is hungry for glory. Tigranes, you're making such a mess. Like, I swear to God. Also, aren't you married to a Persian princess? Like... That doesn't count. I mean, he was abandoned. I guess that's that's fair on his part, but still. Fair. What a mess. Yeah. But so at this point, Tigranes the Younger goes all the way to Pompey and guides him through the valleys of Armenia off to the capital of Artaxata again, where... When Tigranes the Great sees the size of the Roman army and the fact that Pompey has all the forces of the Roman East assembled there to end this war and make Armenia more permanent addition to the empire, Tigranes the Great just surrenders. He says, okay, fine, just let me keep my kingdom, whatever, you guys win. So at this point, hooray! The war is over, peace has been obtained through messy means. We have that Armenia is reduced to its traditional territories. It's no longer the Armenian Empire. And, well, Tigranes the Younger doesn't remain empty-handed because he gets two small kingdoms, Sofene and Gordwene, mm-hmm. which are bordering both Parthia and Armenia. So he gets to be like a mini buffer state there. Okay. And you'll be happy to hear that Syria, which had been occupied by Tigranes all this time, is now returned to a puppet Seleucid king. Oh, yay. yay. <laughs> the empire uh, still limps on. I swear, I just... Oh, God. The Seleucids. How much <laughs> longer do they exist at all? Uh, they exist for, like, a couple more years, because they start a new civil war now. And Pompey just gets tired and says, listen, if you're not going to be responsible with the kingdom I gave you, I'm just going to take it from you. And so it just becomes Rome and Syria. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, I don't care what happens to the Seleucids. I care more than, like, they just stop. Yeah, it's just sad now. Stop embarrassing yourself. Yeah. <sighs> but you'd think this is the end of the war, Serial. Would I? <laughs> there is just one wrinkle with it. Can you guess what the wrinkle is? I mean, that we attacked Armenia at all? Sort of. That's going to come bite us later on. But there's one person who is the problem right now. And the Romans mad. They don't seem to be too mad. Also, what happened to Tigranes the Younger? That's the problem. Because Tigranes was given a small buffer state between Armenia and Parthia by Pompey. Why? Like, again, just 
Well, because he betrayed his father and led the Roman army through the valleys. He's like, you know, fine, I guess you need to reward people. Right, right. But at this point, Tigranes fell into an argument with his father, again, over a border dispute between his small kingdom and Armenia. Jeez. He tried to solve this dispute by attempting to murder his father. Tigranes, can you just not? Like, when you said this is not a smart man, I... Yes, he is not a smart man. The worst part is that him being who he is still allows him to do all this shit and rope everybody around into his nonsense. Yeah. This is when Pompey agrees with you. Yeah. Because Pompey thinks, I meant to make peace here, what are you doing? I gave you a kingdom just to be nice. So he marches into this kingdom, takes Tigranes prisoner, and just gives that little kingdom to another Roman vassal and says, Okay, yeah. now play nice. Don't do anything. And you little snotty b- who just <laughs> wants to pretend yes. that he's important. You don't get to play anymore. At this point, though, Pompey is full of ambition. And he is a massive, massive Alexander fanboy. Of course. Why would you be, though? Like, honestly... Uh, of all the generals, I mean, I, I guess yeah. militarily, right? But like, of all the rulers yeah, that you could admire, like, why him? <laughs> Honestly. I will simply not be corrupted by power, Serial. Have you thought about that? Right, right. Like, I'll do what he did, but then I'll be good. Yes, And not exactly. go down the same road. Like, I'll do all of his good stuff and none of the mistakes. Right? Yeah. Pretty much. It's easy. Just don't make mistakes. I don't know why this is so difficult. Just say you want his hair. Like, come on. It's fine. Serial. Serial. He did want his hair. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Pompey made sure to have a lot of sculptures of himself with Alexander hair and just went around styling himself with the new flowing locks because he could. Listen, like, I get it. When you relate to somebody and like... (laughs) It's just this aesthetic, you know, attraction that just makes you euphoric. I'm like, I've done the same. It happens. But, like, he... <laughs> he was so unhinged, man. Yeah. It he was a lot. Alexander was a lot. Rule. He did not want to actually do anything with the territories that he conquered. He left everything in ruins. He's not somebody I would admire in that sense. So... No. He's interesting, admirable, I would say not. <laughs> But yeah, so Pompey is instead a fan of Alexander, and he literally starts asking guides in the area, listen, local person, do you know how far India is? I was planning on invading <laughs> India. How far know, is like, it? Do you know, like, more, like, roughly how long Could you point me in the direction? By horse. Yeah, and it also seems that at this point he received envoys from the rulers of Elamis and Media, which are Parthian vassal kings. Mm. And we're not sure what these envoys said, but it might be that they were vassal kings to the Parthians trying to maybe look for some independence now that there's a new power in the region. Now, it didn't work out at all in the end because the Romans did not conquer India, if you will remember. Sorry. But it is still showing that everybody knows that Rome is now a big deal. At the same time, as you mentioned, the Romans are kind of annoyed that Phraates tried to invade Armenia. So one of Pompey's subordinates conducted a campaign marching all the way to the Tigris River, which is ambiguously an invasion. It's unclear Uh. if he thought he was within his rights or if he thought, oh yes, let's just invade Parthia. What's one more kingdom? I see. But Phraates then saw this small invasion as an opportunity to invade a small bit of Armenia and retake the lands that were owned by Mithridates II. And then... He also sent a letter to Pompey saying, Hey, listen, you have my son-in-law, Tigranes the Younger. Can you send him to me? And also, can you recognize the old treaty between Mithridates II and Sulla that made the boundary between Rome and Parthia the Euphrates River, not the Tigris? So, withdraw your men, give me my son-in-law, let me keep the lands I have. Pompey was not impressed. Pompey asked Phraates to return the land he had taken from Armenia, said that he would not return Tigranes to Phraates, he would just keep him in his triumph, and 
Serial just for our benefit. Tigranes the Younger would later be executed after this triumph. Yeah, finally. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I didn't mean that, that but I kind of did. He was a lot, man. And also Pompey then says the most Roman thing possible, which is that I'm not going to say that the border between Parthia and Rome is the Euphrates. Only justice is going to be the border between our two realms. Uh, uh, mm, uh-huh. <laughs> Define justice. Yeah, pretty much whatever a Roman commissioner with a clipboard decides. I don't like this. I don't no. like where this is going, Pompey. Pompey then assigns a commission of senators to determine the border between Armenia and Parthia, and he has a deal, they go, have a chat, he recognizes Frati's ownership of one of the small border kingdoms between sure, the sure. two, that's good, but no more than that. He doesn't grant him any further areas. I still think it's so stupid that we attacked Armenia. Like, why? Like, yeah. did we need, did we really need it? I mean, Come it on. would have been nice if it worked out. If Tigranes the Younger had been competent and the siege would have been easier, then you would have he had a puppet Armenia. He ran away Armenia. from his father. Like, yeah, but, you know, Tigranes the Great was a hostage from his own father. That wasn't, you know, mm. there is precedent, but... I will admit it is not great. But yeah, so finally, after 10 years of fighting, we have that all sides agree this war has been going on for too long. We're not going to gain anything more. We need time to recover. Fine. Let's sign the peace. This is the end. Good. Right. Excellent. And this is pretty much the point when the Seleucid Empire is destroyed. (laughs) Because, you know, as I mentioned, the small civil war and Pompey killing the last king and annexing Syria into the Roman Republic, which also had the double advantage of making sure Parthia didn't get any ideas of putting their own puppet king in Syria. Mm. So now they're saying, no, you can't do like what you did with Armenia. This is Roman territory. This counts as an invasion of Rome. Yeah. So it's trying to make things nice and clear. Mm. But yeah, so now we have peace at last. Also, interestingly enough, we see that now that Tigranes the Great, who used to call himself King of Kings, has been now demoted to king, our boy Phraates is the first person to be called King of Kings after Mithridates II. Because the other ones were calling themselves Great King, something of that sort. But the actual official title, it seems like everybody agreed there could only be one. Right. Since Tigranes had it, well, you can't call yourself King of Kings because he's there. But now that Tigranes is gone, well, Frates can get it. Sure. I still don't think this is particularly impressive. Like... No, as kings go... He's just being allowed, right? Like, I don't... uh. I mean, he's taking it for himself. I mean, the Romans aren't allowing him. The Romans are still calling Frates king, and they're calling Tigranes king of regarding Tigranes. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. You know. Yeah, it's... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just general, look at me, how good I am. Yeah, but I was saying that the Romans also keep considering Tigranes king of kings. Right. Because, well, first of all, it shows that, quote unquote, their side is better than Parthia. I see. So that, hey, we defeated one king of kings, who do you think you are? But also, it fits well with Pompey's Alexander fandom. Because I also defeated a king of kings. Look at me. Also, look, let me found a city called Pompeiopolis, and let me take Alexander's cloak for my triumph. Look at me, I'm so good. This is fully just like (laughs) a fantasy at this point. Yes, he's having fun. Like a fan fantasy. Just being like, I will cosplay as Alexander now. Look at me. Yeah, Pompey has fun. He's enjoying himself. I mean... I am all in favor of this. I go very often to conventions, you know, and I love, like, projecting onto my favorite characters, but, like, the destiny of a lot of people and the lives of a lot of people don't depend on the things that I do. So, yeah. I don't know if I would mix the two. But Pompey is, uh, Pompey's a big personality, and you can understand why when he and Caesar are in the same room, there can only be one. Yeah, yeah, fair. (laughs) This is so funny. Yeah. Also, get ready to meet the third Triumvir in two episodes. It'll be a good episode. Trust me. Okay. Consider me intrigued. But we still have a little bit from Frates because 
Unlike his father, Sinatrukis, we have some hints that maybe there were some rival kings mm-hmm. in uh, the empire, which might also be the people who sent emissaries to Pompey back a while ago. So maybe they were looking for legitimacy in Parthia. Mm-hmm. But it looks like whoever these kings were, if they even existed, they were very limited in their scope. They were at most small regional rulers that didn't last very long, and Frates dealt with them early enough. But this is when we get to meet Frates' family, because he had two sons. One of them called Mithridates, the older son, and another one called Orodes, the younger. Hmm. Now, in the year 57 BC, they were all gathered together for a wonderful dinner party in the capital of uh, Tesiphon, or Seleucia. And uh, they were having a lovely toast to family love, to brotherhood, to fatherhood. When Phraates took a sip, and he coughed. Oh, here we go again. And he coughed again. Oh, fun. He coughed once more. And the last thing he saw before the light left his eyes was... His sons starting to stare at the crown and fighting over it, which will be the beginning of our next episode. Hey, hooray. He couldn't have, like, named an heir or something. I mean, he could have also not been murdered. Yeah. He hoped not to be murdered. And also, guess who loves having civil wars in their neighboring kingdoms? Who loves to see a civil war in their neighboring kingdom? Uh, Rome, I assume? Yes, exactly. They're going to put their fingers into our business and it oh will be a God. whole thing. Oh my God. I mean, like, sure, knowing what Rati's did, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't expecting greatness from him. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is so mean to say. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Nothing impressive. Some ambition. Eh. Yeah, I think his ambition was larger than his ability. Yeah. That's kind of his problem. Because, yeah. you know, Mithridates II could have done a great job taking Armenia and oh, sure. doing a whole surprise thing, but he was not Mithridates II. Turns out. So yeah, are you ready to rate him? Yeah, let's do it. Nice. So our first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? Being uh, poisoned uh, by his know, two sons. Fairly. We haven't had a poisoning or just any details about someone's death in No, a while, we finally so. have something. So, that's nice. I like that it's his sons murdering him. That's good. I love that we talk about this like, oh yes, it's very, very good uh, storytelling. (laughs) And not like it's like, oh, heck, it's terrible. He got murdered by his own family. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Who hasn't murdered a family member? Uh, Is there anything you want to tell me? (laughs) Not under oath. (laughs) I don't think we are under oath. (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) But yeah, also another thing that I love is that it seems that the two sons had no plan for what happens after they murdered their father because everything just falls apart straight away. We'll see that next episode. So did they make a plan where you're going to murder someone? Yeah. I mean, all the sources we have say they murdered him. Okay. Because maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe someone just wanted a civil war. Because, like, if they were taken by surprise... It could be. Who knows? But... It was Pompey. Maybe they opened the will after he had died and was like, What? He's the heir? No. What do you mean? (laughs) I thought it was me. Oh, heck. But, anyway. So, what are your thoughts for this death? I'm... Middle of the road. I'm somewhere between a four and a six. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Middle of the road, but we have some details which is refreshing at this point which is clouding my judgment and also it's cool poisoning you know especially knowing that like apparently his sons were just like oh heck we didn't know we would get this far ah (laughs) so (laughs) yes uh yeah i think i'm also going to go for a six Hmm. that sounds good you've convinced me so with a six and a six we get a six out of ten for final moments our next category is battle hardness. How good was he at war and fighting? Bad. Nah, yeah, he wasn't great. Because let's sum up his military achievements. He tried to invade Armenia, found a hard siege, and then went home. Then when the Romans attacked, he 
tried to take an extra bit of Armenia, but that didn't work out, and then he just surrendered in the end. Meh. Although, one extra bonus thing I would give to him is that he maybe had rebellions or rival kings in his empire, and he dealt with them enough that we don't hear about them anymore. That's fair. So that's worth something, but... You know, he doesn't have any massive victories, he doesn't have any massive defeats, but I'm more unimpressed than I am impressed. Yeah. I'm thinking a couple points. I was going to say one point, but... I mean, he didn't, he didn't do, do terribly that at the badly. beginning, right? Yeah, exactly. Like... He did a reasonable job. I feel like a two is fine. More than that, yeah. not really, because he's definitely not better than his father. Sinatruki's at least won a massive civil war to become yeah. king. Frates is just mainly there, and he does some things, none of which are very successful. So, I'm thinking a two, one for surviving, <laughs> and one for, you know, dealing with the internal troubles. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I was like, I mean, he didn't do terribly, but also, eh, it wasn't good. Yeah, that's the issue. Okay, so with a 2 and a 2, we get a 4 out of 20 for Battle Hardness. Next category is scheminess. How good was he at plots and manipulation? We have I mean, something here. Okay, I, I like the... Oh, please help us with the Romans from Mithridates and Tigranes <laughs> and then him being like... Yeah, we'll definitely support. <clears throat> you know, when, yeah, even if you need anything, just uh, <laughs> yeah, mumble mumble. I like that. That's a good point. I also like the fact that he says, "Well, it doesn't say anything about Armenia in this treaty, yeah. so I'm going to invade Armenia." But that was a stupid decision. But it was a schemey decision. But it was doesn't have to dumb. be smart to be schemey. <laughs> I feel like, dumb idea, but I appreciate the initiative. Fair. So I think those two are the main schemey roads. The Armenia one, just to expand on it, he also did get to Granis the Younger, give him to his daughter, and try to use him as an agent. Yeah. I think that can be folded into the whole Armenian invasion thing. Otherwise, nothing too much. He succeeded regularly from his father and was murdered. That's it. I'm... Between a two and a three? Honestly, a three. I'm reasonably impressed by his jumping back and forth. I'll go for a two then, because I think you are a bit biased because we haven't really had many schemey... That could also be. Monarchs. Yeah, we'll have some. But yeah. So, yeah, okay. Then with a three and a two, that gives us a five out of 20 for scheminess. Next category is shock factor. How shocking was this man? Uh, uh... Not terribly. He, you know, again, you could put them invaded Armenia when he knew he probably shouldn't, uh, but he just tried, tried a fast one. And otherwise, not much. He's just there. He's fine. I think I'd go for maybe a token one just to account for general shenaniganery, but... Uh, shenaniganery. That's definitely yes. a word. I'm sure it is. So yeah, I'm just going to go for a one. I'm just, I'm going for a zero. I don't really see anything zero. shocking. Well, well, no, invading Armenia was so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I will go for a one because of that. Fair. That I works. can't believe that I have, like, such intense opinions now, apparently, about inv yeah, invading Armenia. But, like, even someone like you me have who doesn't know anything about, about military Armenia. history or history in general can see that this was stupid. Yeah, bad idea. Ridiculous. Just... <sighs> Yeah, so with a 1 and a 1, that gives us a 2 out of 20 for shock factor. Our next category is Eren Shine. How good was he for the Empire in general and Iran in particular? Uh, there have been uh. worse people. So looking at the Empire before and after him, he manages to gain an extra little bit of Armenia, because the old Armenian Empire has collapsed, so he was granted a bite by the Romans. Yeah, by the Romans. Yeah, which, yeah, I also question that. Okay, also on the positive, he didn't really fight Rome, perhaps when he wasn't really ready, if he couldn't yeah, attack no, that's Armenia. Good. Thank goodness. Maybe if he had joined before, he would have lost the empire anyway, and instead, yeah. you know, being a vulture at the end of it did him well. So, 
that's pretty good. He also managed to get a treaty of friendship with Rome, despite messes. Mm -hmm. He also dealt with some internal unrest. He suppressed whatever rebellions or, you know, vassal kings or distant cousins that were around. He dealt with them. You know how it goes. Yeah. (laughs) On the downside, he didn't really get much respect from Rome. He didn't get the same treaty of Mithridates II renewed. He tried to say, the border is the Euphrates. The Romans said, the border is what I say it is. Yeah, literally. And we were like, ah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yes, please, Mr. Rome, don't hurt me. It's not a good look. No. He tried to invade Armenia, but didn't commit and sort of failed at that. It wasn't a massive loss of resources. He cut his losses, but it is kind of embarrassing. And finally, his succession is messed up because he was murdered by his two sons. Yeah. So I don't know, honestly. I think the empire is... I don't think it's much better off. Mm. I don't think it's much worse off. I'm between a five and a four. I think I'm actually just going to go for a five. Because I think he just keeps the ship steady, makes a few gains. Yeah, he loses face a few times, but it's nothing terrible. I think a five is fine. I... I hear you disapproving. Listen. (laughs) Maybe I'm just being too mean, because, like, it's not that the bad things that happened are his fault. Because Rome is still going to be Rome. Mm -hmm. You know, like... Tigran is the younger, still going to be an idiot. Just, oh, God. <laughs> or, you know, an insufferable brat. Yeah. But I'm like, this... Why... Why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go for a four of a vibes. Does he deserve okay. it? Probably not. Maybe I'll go back on my judgment at some point. But after listening to the episode, I'm like, eh. <laughs> You could have done better, and you didn't. Yeah. Okay, so four it is. With a five and a four, he gets a nine out of 20 for Eren Shine, which weirdly enough makes him the third best Arsacid, <laughs> which isn't saying much for this dynasty. Yeah. Somebody needs to step it up. Also, I'm drawing him already, and I do not want to give him the hat. He does not deserve the cool hat. <laughs> Uh, I have news for you in Face of Faces about it. You'll see. Well, you said he has it. You said he inherits it. I said yes, but. But anyway, speaking of which, our next category is Face of Faces. What do you think this man looked like? Well, just give me a second. I'm almost done. Actually, I've changed a bit of the style for this portrait just because I wanted to try something else. Because I am allowed. We are not limited by anyone here. Yeah. Literally doesn't even have to be good. good, Which most of these drawings aren't. I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) Some are very good, though. Uh, But, you know. But, yeah, I'm just giving this a try. Because I was like, oh, what if, you know, what if I I use this brush and I... Should I include the hat at all or not? Because now you made me doubt. So I will tell you, he does have the hat in certain coins. In other coins, he has a new look. All right, that doesn't help. Which will be popular in the future. We're going back to diadems. Ah, that's good, actually. Okay, so Serial has finished their drawing. Let me have a look and describe it to you all. Okay, interesting. So what we have here, listeners, is a man in the typical Parthian robe sitting on a throne. And he is not wearing the cool crowd of Sinatruchis because... No. Serial believes he does not deserve it. (laughs) I refuse. He is just wearing a diadem. He has nice, long, flowing hair and nice, consistent beard. And he is basically bringing his hand to his chin, thinking, everything's been too quiet lately. What this made me think of is like, he just, he could have just made sure that the empire that he got was fine. But he Ah, had to find something... He to needed do? to do something new. <laughs> he was getting bored in his palace. He didn't want to live his father's like, I life. I know that you want fame and glory, but like, you have to actually be good at what you do. But Serial, think if, if he got to earn a new hat, maybe a better hat with like elephants on it. 
Wouldn't that be worth everything? You didn't earn it. Yeah, but like, what if he did? I mean, I don't care if he it's got it. It's worth the ambition. It's just like, it, it just didn't work out, man. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, so if you lovely listeners want to see the drawing, you can find it on our website in the description of the episode, in Sarah's portrait gallery, or in the show notes. And now let me show Serial what he actually looked like. We have two portraits where he looks quite different because in one he has the Sinatruki's hat and in the other he has a new style with a diadem. Oh. But also something else you might notice, Serial. All right. Oh. We get a front-facing portrait? That's so cool. Yeah. He's facing the camera. Oh my goodness, okay, this is really nice. Yeah, so the first one, it could be mistaken by a Sinatruki's coin. Yeah. Same profile with the hat, with the deer and the horns. Like, yeah, sure. He looks similar enough that, like, I don't know how I would distinguish the two, but... Yeah, people often have trouble. (laughs) Yeah. There are papers written about this. And then there's a front-facing portrait, which is really cool. Honestly, we see the hair, like you mentioned, the poofy hair. It just looks like some curls, like, on the side of the head. Looks Um, a bit like Princess Leia hair. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like... Except more flowy. It is different, but, like, from this one shot, I guess. Yeah. That's how we could best describe it. (laughs) A nice shorter beard and mustache, and then... Decorated like robes. Also on the sides you can see the diadem. Like the diadem is just a strip of fabric, right? That is tied on the back of the head mm-hmm. and then like the two little sides of the diadem just like yeah, flow the two down, ends of it. right? Yeah, the two ends of it flow down. And you can see them on this, like going from behind him, which is a cool detail. Yeah, it's nice. They look like little wings. They're cute. And the Parthian robe, like, it's still closed in the middle, kind of like how I've been drawing them. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and consistent. it has decorations. Yeah. yeah. I also like he's that wearing this is a, a choker front-facing... or something, which is fun. Well, yeah, some kind of uh, either necklace or maybe it's, like, yeah. some robes from, like, underneath the robes, like some yeah, other kind be. of... Oh, um... yeah, collar. But, yeah. Yeah, I do like that we get front-facing portraits. The Parthians so cool. do them sometimes, not often, but it's something weird because there's no reason why you should have a profile on a coin. You can just have somebody facing you. There's, you know. I guess a profile might be sometimes more recognizable. I guess that's easier. I because guess like, that's as like something that you're stamping, you know, because it's not going to be a detailed drawing. And so like, if you need to choose a line that is going to represent a person, a profile is easier. Yeah, that makes sense. But they're trying something new, and Frates is doing that here. So what are you thinking about scores, and how do you think he stacks up? So what have I given, like, usual coin portraits? So you've given Sinatruki's, you gave him an 8 for the good hat. Yeah, the hat. I was like, why did I dip? But yeah. Yeah. Orodes got a 6, because he had a kind face. Artabanus I, who was a dude with a nice coin, got a 5. Artabanus the second, who had kind of a crappy coin, got a two. Yeah. That's roughly what you've been doing for coins. You gave a few fours at the end of the Seleucids when they were getting a bit samey. I think I'll go back, like maybe a seven, because it's not so groundbreaking, but I love that we have a, a front-facing portrait. Yeah, the front-facing one is so good. Yeah. I'm between a seven and an eight, kind of like how I did with Sinatrusis. Yeah. I'm going to go for an eight, because I still like the stag hat, even if he didn't deserve it. <laughs> fair. I'll go for a seven then. I feel like that's fair. Okay, very nice. So with an eight and a seven, we get a 3.8 out of five for face of faces. Our next category is lengthiness. How long do you think this man ruled? Ooh, um, I think... Okay, so we had, like, you mentioned that the Seleucids were still around for a couple of years. Yeah. We had the whole thing with Pompey taken over Mm -hmm. and Tigranes the Younger, like, rebelling twice. (laughs) Yes. I don't know, maybe like 10 years? I'm between 6 and 10. I don't know. 
A little bit more. He reigned oh. for a grand total of 13 years. Ah, I was a bit off. I guess my role has been broken. <laughs> Getting weaker. Yeah. Yeah, so he reigned for 13 years from 70 to 57 BC. We're getting into really, really intense territories. Caesar was consul in 59, I think. So, things are happening. Can you tell that we're going to have some history with the Romans? <laughs> the Romans are going to be important. <laughs> going to be relevant. We can never get rid of them. I'm no, we to... never will. <laughs> Even if we do season two, we'll take a while to get rid of them. <laughs> Even if we're focusing on, like, an eastern empire, they're still there. Yep, they're just around. But anyway, those 13 years divided by 10 give us a score of 1.3 out of 5 for lengthiness. Which brings us to the final score, which is a quite impressive 31.1 out of 100, which makes him the third best Arsacid. Well, don't say best, after because the like, not all of our categories are actually good. The third best scored Arsacid. Okay. And places him between, interestingly enough, two empire losers. Huh. Between Alexander Balas and Astyages. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> he did a lot better than them, considering. He at least had an empire at the end of his reign. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, and being so mean, he wasn't that enough. terrible. It's just, you know, could have been better. Not much happened. Yeah, he was okay. He was there. You know, it was the, the mediocre middle of like, if he had done less, maybe we would have been better off. But it would have been just less interesting. But yeah. like, we wouldn't have risked anything. And if he had done more, like if he had been successful, then it would have been like a huge payoff and it would have been much more. Yeah, exactly. But he did the middle where like he risked things and he still lost. And I'm yes. like, well... <laughs> Remember, kids, never try, because you might end up being disappointed. I, come on, I, that's not what I said. <laughs> Do not listen to this man. Fine. Well, I think I know what your answer to the next question is going to be. <laughs> because is he fighting Rome enough? Invading Armenia enough? Being kind of so-so enough to be a Shah? <laughs> or is he just a Shah? Nah. Uh, I think it's Shah Nah. He was not memorable enough. He wasn't the worst, you know, like, it's I fine. I mainly just remember him. I was mainly excited for his episode because it was the first time we had a quote in like four episodes. And it's like, oh, yeah. yes, I know this one. This is great. Yeah. That's because we're in the Dark Ages. We're still technically in the Dark Ages, according to certain scholars. But right. I think we're pretty much out of it right now. Cause, well, it's good. You know, Pompey is here telling us about his great achievements, blah, blah, blah. Look at me, I'm Pompey the Great. So even if we know secondhand, at least we know. Yeah, it's better than nothing. So yeah, sorry, Frates. You have to go off into the desert. You can meet Orodes and tell him, yeah, sorry, your dynasty isn't a thing anymore, but things are relatively stable, so yay, maybe? <laughs> maybe? <laughs> yeah. But that's it. That is all for today's episode. We hope you'll join us next time for Mithridates the Fourth. Let's see if he lives up to the other Mithridates. Mithridates. Well, now you've spoiled who gets the throne. Well, you know, the other guy might still be around. Who knows? Uh, sure. Let's pretend. <laughs> Let's pretend. We'll find out eventually. Not like this has happened, you know, some thousands of years ago. And no. I can just look it up. No, never touch books. They're evil. <laughs> but anyway, if you have enjoyed this episode and would like to support us and also would like to know more about, you know, these people, would you like to know more about Mithridates of Pontus, about Tigranes the Great? He'll be our next extra episode, for example. You can join us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash so you think you can rule Persia. And we would like to also welcome one of our new patrons, which is Bayan Adli. So thank, thank you very you. much for joining us and we hope you'll Thanks enjoy the all the lovely extra episodes. If instead you'd rather not support us monetarily, then we're still very happy to receive your comments and reviews on your podcast app of choice because, well, they help us know if we're doing well and also right. they let other people find the podcast and uh, enlarge our family and group of people. It'll be great. Or just, you know, tweet us on Twitter. We're yeah, there. Tell your well. friends. We exist. 
yeah, so I guess without further ado, we hope you have a nice week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Take care. Bye.